0: Welcome to 2023. We have been using social media now for over a decade. But how you use social media for your marketing for your business has it changed? Has it adapted? Has it evolved? This first episode of 2023 will hopefully get you in the right mindset to think brand new about how you approach. Social media in this next episode of the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast.
1: Digital social media content influencer marketing blogging podcasting vlogging TikTokking LinkedIn Twitter Facebook Instagram YouTube SEO SEM PPC email marketing. Whew. There's a lot to cover. Whether you're a marketing professional, entrepreneur, or business owner, you need someone you can rely on for expert advice. Good thing you've got Neil on your side. Because Neil Schaefer is your Your digital digital marketing marketing coach. coach. Helping you grow your business with digital first marketing, one episode at a time. This is your digital marketing coach, and this is Neil Schaefer.
0: Hey, everybody, Neil Schaefer here, your digital marketing coach, and welcome to 2023. This podcast is getting off to a slightly late start this year. Took some time off at the end of last year, had a nice 10 day trip to Japan to see family and friends. I hope that you also had a great end to your year and you're starting off the new year as refreshed and reinvigorated as I am. Normally, the first episode of the year, I would go through my own strategies and takeaways and recommendations for the next year. That's going to happen in episode number 300, but for episode number 299, and I think really appropriately to begin the new year, I have a very, very special interview with Dr. Brian boxer Wachler, Dr. Wackler is a world-renowned expert in an eye disease called keratoconus. It's actually a disease which I happen to have. It's the reason why I have to wear hard contact lenses. But enough about that. He is also someone who, out of nowhere, began a journey on TikTok that has led him a doctor who is... Well, I don't, I don't want to estimate his age, but he's either Gen X or Baby Boomer. I'm going to say he's Gen X, but to acquire millions of followers and a lot of other benefits from leveraging this new type of social media content. He is also the author of a book called Influenced, the Impact of Social Media on Our Perception. And we have a really fascinating conversation all about social media reveals from an influencer that he is, but he was an absolute beginner two years ago. And this is the newest type of content that I think we can all, well, we all need to do more of. And if you heard my last episode where I talked about the time is now for short form video marketing, you'll know that this interview heavily influenced me and you'll hear more about my own plans and my further recommendations for 2023 in my next podcast episode, But I also want to share with you, one of my New Year's resolutions this year is to become a better reader. Yes, I am an author, but I don't read as much as I should. And it's funny because if for those of you that remember, this podcast has gone through a few iterations. It's been around since 2013. So hey, happy 10th anniversary, right? Um, But there were a few years where I did not publish an episode. And it wasn't until I became an avid listener of podcasts myself that I really became committed to publishing 50 episodes a year. Yes, last year it was 49 because this episode I did not get out before I went to Japan, but no big deal, right? We'll we'll hit 50 this year. But more importantly, as I gear up to one of the things you'll hear about in next week's podcast, my goals for this year, one is to finally finish my fifth book, this digital marketing playbook that I've been promising everybody for quite some time. And the same with podcasts. I want to read more books to understand what people are buying in 2023, what other authors are talking about, and how I can strategize with a niche. I should say carve out a niche for my next book in a pretty broad category, which is digital marketing, but to find those areas where I can add value. So my goal, let's hope I hit it, is 52 books in 52 weeks. I plan on publishing a list of these books if you want to get one in advance. I I just published on my blog post a recommended you know social and digital marketing books to read but that list is more of evergreen books this list that i created of my books to read are primarily ones that have been published in the last year or two and i hope just as i had dr Walkler on this podcast that i will be able to have more authors to share their books and their insights with you my audience on this podcast as well so obviously have a great year in store both for this podcast, as well as really offering you more actionable products and services. It's one of my goals. Like I said, wait for episode number 300. But without further ado, let's get into my interview with Dr. Brian Boxer-Walkler.
1: You're listening to Your Digital Marketing Coach. This is Neil Schaefer.
0: Dr. Brian, welcome to the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast.
2: It's a pleasure to be here, Neil. Thank you for having
0: me. Well, it's an honor to be here. We haven't had any, I think you're the first doctor that I've had on this podcast, but you're also the author of a, well, several books, but today we're gonna be talking about your book, Influenced, The Impact of Social Media on Our Perception. Very interesting because you are a doctor of of vision, of, of the eye. And I am especially interested because I'm looking on Amazon at your page here. You wrote a book called How We Conquered keratoconus. I actually have keratoconus and you're one of the few people that would, and it actually affects my right, it's near right my right eye vision. So oh. I have to wear hard contact lenses because of that. Um, oh. But anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> We're not yeah, going to take medicine here. <laughs> but um but so you're a doctor but you're an author and you've hit it big on social media. You are a social media influencer yourself. So let's start with how did we get from doctor to and, and the doctor, of they, they call you the surgeon of surgeons from what I read. How do we get to the surgeon of surgeons, to social media influencer, to author?
2: Well, it was really unexpected because when life slowed down for me, like everyone else during the pandemic, I had a lot of real unaccustomed downtime. And my daughters who were, uh, tw- they're twins, they were 14 at the time. And they said, dad, you know, there's some really good doctors on TikTok. They make great content. And if you want, we can help get you started. We think you do really well because of who you are and, you know, what you like to do. And you can be like fun, and entertaining and engaging and good information. So I said, you know, I'll give it a shot as long as you don't make me dance. So that's how I actually got started. And, you know, we had created a TikTok account, one of my staff did. And we, we had a couple of, You know, lame videos. Well, I wouldn't say lame, but videos that didn't do very well. Actually, one of the first ones was on keratoconus, actually, (sighs) just describing what keratoconus was with an animation. And it like did okay, but it was nothing to write home about. And the account just sort of languished. And then when I had this conversation and my daughters got involved, they really got me started. I started, you know, following some doctors who already had big platforms and was seeing what they were doing too. So I pretty quickly found this niche that I realized the accuracy, the truthfulness of content information in the video has nothing to do with whether the algorithm is going to promote it to go viral or not. It's these other metrics. And I was really surprised how much misinformation there was in the health space. I mean, I'm sure in every space, too, in business as well, but for sure in the health space. And I started researching because I know how to research. I guess one of my superpowers is I know how to do medical research because I've published over 50 papers in the medical journals over my career. So I knew how to research anything outside of my field of ophthalmology and my specialty of keratoconus. And I was coming up with some things that were just like video, lots of videos, getting hundreds of thousands, millions of views that were just literally just BS. And not accurate. And you can imagine how many people because of video has an an, almost an inherent endorsement because it went viral that people are apt to believe that information and follow it. And at the very least, people might be disappointed with the results, whether it's like uh, literally I'll I'll kind of jump to something a little bit um, racy that, you know, there were these videos going around of drinking aloe, aloe vera juice to You know, grow the penis size. And you can imagine like people are going out and buying all this stuff. And of course, it's not true. So, at the very least, somebody would be disappointed. But at the very worst, you know, people might be following a video that talks about putting lemon juice on your face to improve your acne. And then you go out in the sun, and sometimes people can get like third degree burns because the lemon juice is acidic and concentrates the UV rays to cause skin damage and burns with blisters. So, And some people even died following some advice. So that was really what became my mission to help people. But what I guess led to my videos doing so well is that there's a a huge need for accurate information. And that's why my account and everything kind of took off from there.
0: That's amazing. So you went, did you do any social media before that because every doctor i meet and we talk hey neil what do you do for a living i'm a social media marketing consultant and they stay as far away from social media as possible did you do anything before that vis-a-vis social media or did you just go straight from zero to tiktok
2: yeah i know for for years i've had a facebook account like a dr brian facebook account um instagram account and a twitter account and um And, you know, they weren't really big platforms. Um, I'd post, you know, content or my staff would post content, not really thinking strategy about it, just posting some stuff. And that was about it. So by no means was I even in the realm of being considered an influencer before the TikTok thing.
0: And you mentioned that on TikTok, you found, and this is something I teach, is you found your role model. So you found some doctors that were doing well. And did they inspire you to create this own style of yours of... So many people just don't know how to even get started with TikTok of our generation, right? Y- younger kids, it's natural. So th- was that part of, if you could reverse engineer that process of getting started to offer advice and inspiration, how would you describe it?
2: Yeah, for me, my inspiration were a few doctors. One uh, big one was Dr. Tony Yoon. He's a plastic surgeon in uh, outside of Detroit, Michigan. And so my kids had already followed him. When I started, he already had a big platform and another one was uh dr ricky brown another plastic surgeon in uh, arizona scottsdale um and he already had a pretty big platform too and um you know and they by the way have both like um you know been interviewed for me for the book influenced um giving their insights uh, about social media and some of the tricks of the trade and tips and um tony actually wrote the forward for my book too but the reason why i really wanted tony to write the forward is because one of my claims to fame on tiktok is um discovering that gen z who at the time was primarily on um tiktok now it's really expanded to like adults but uh, they use this word called cap to describe something that's not true that's a right. like gen z lingo and i had no idea so i'm watching like some of tony's videos And he's like saying, oh, they're capping or that's cap. And I was like, what is that? So I go research it and discover it means like not true for Gen Z language. And therefore not cap means something's true. So I thought, well, I'm going to incorporate using this. And I actually bought a blue cap and even put like cap on big black letters in a white box on top of the, the hat. So I'd put it on and it would say cap. And that became sort of what i was known for. And so i have to credit tony for teaching me or at least showing me the word cap and that was how he inspired me and um at one point on one of my tiktok videos i made a little origin story like how did i become the cap doctor as i'm known <laughs> and sort of telling that story with tony and my inspiration and looking it up it's kind of funny i actually hurt my back in the process of oh, doing no. a superhero landing you know on your <laughs> knee and your hand on the ground. So, <laughs> but it was worth it in the end.
0: Yeah, I, I have a 17-year-old and a fifteen-year-old, and there is Gen Z. I was thinking of creating my own TikTok channel just of Gen Z Lingo because there's a lot like Cap. Anyway, that would be a separate conversation. But that led you then. So you're obviously a practicing doctor. You have your own successful practice. I see your affiliate. I'm in, you know, Southern California as well, Cedar Sinai, you know, top hospital in, in LA. And yet you've written a few books and you decided to write this book about the impact of social media on our perception, which obviously has influenced what made you want to write
2: a book about social media? Well, I've always been an author. As you said, I've I've written books even about keratoconus and other ophthalmology. And even five years ago, I had a mainstream book called Perceptual Intelligence to help people understand just what they're reading and seeing in general, how to know what's true and not true through critical thinking skills. So when I started discovering all this insider information and becoming friends with other influencers, and then just my own direct experience that most people will never know unless somebody shares it with them, I thought this is going to be a fascinating book because I have the analytical side of me and a creative side of me, and, and I wanted to put them both together to share something which pretty much doesn't exist, like a resource and a reference for if people are just curious to learn about social media just from a far distance or if people want to really get involved, there's a whole chapter called um, So You Want to Be an Influencer. And uh, I actually had that was a huge chapter and I had to cut cut it down and make it really condense um, because I had so much information between what I've learned and what I shared and the other uh, 15 influencers that I interviewed that were really gracious to open up and share what they've learned, uh, the good and the bad, and the school of hard knocks to get to where they were. And that chapter is really a key one for people who do want to embrace social media and understand um, how to grow their platform, uh, and especially how to grow it in a responsible way.
0: That is really uh, a fresh and and unique perspective. I know a lot of my listeners will want to dive into the book uh, without giving away everything that's in the book, because we want them all to buy it, obviously. Before we, uh, you know, scheduled this interview, we talked about what what would be the agenda. One of the things you talked about was how to better understand social media platforms and posting for for maximum impact. So how would you go about, you know, we have, as I mentioned, an audience of primarily, you know, marketers, business people. How would you recommend they better understand social media to post for maximum impact?
2: So I think you have to look at each platform individually. Because they have their own algorithms, and I've had things that have blown up on Instagram, and I take that same video, and I post it on TikTok, and it's like, eh, did okay, and vice versa. And so, um, so I think understanding those platforms and the algorithms is really important. I do talk about like some of the way I approach that with a research hat on in terms of figuring out the algorithms – uh, which are, of course are changing, but at least it provides a good baseline, and um, and then also frequency. So, like on TikTok, you know, people can post um, every day. Um, I would not recommend on TikTok posting more than once a day because most of the videos have a twenty-four hour cycle. So they're going to do essentially what they're going to do in terms of maximum views in that first twenty-four hours, and if you post another video, like. You know, five hours later, you could be cannibalizing some of that process. Um, so I think if people wanted to on TikTok go every day, I think that's appropriate. Um, it's a lot, though, it requires a lot of content. And so some of the strategies that you can do to help easily create content, and this is this goes for Instagram too. Those are probably the two biggest ones that people have potential for growth. I think Twitter um, is sort of really uh, neutered a lot of response and video growth for people and same with Facebook and uh, YouTube has some potential too with YouTube shorts but definitely TikTok and Instagram have the biggest potential for for people growing their platforms just de novo you know but um I think uh they yeah, looking at at the frequency is important uh for the platforms and um and another strategy for particularly TikTok and Instagram is do reaction videos. So whatever your field is, it's very simple. You can just do a little search, you know, with a little hourglass. And let's just say, uh, Mark, what would be an area that, you know, is an area I know you're um, really, they right, you want to react to a marketing video that did well and hopefully sort of go on those coattails? Does that sound like that'd be a reasonable video you'd look at? Yeah, exactly. Marketing. Okay. So what you can do is put in marketing in a search bar on TikTok or Instagram and then see which videos did really well. You know, which ones got maybe a few hundred thousand, maybe even like over a million views. And then you can do a reaction video to that. So TikTok, you can do like a duet or which is a side by side, or you can do it where you follow it with what's called a stitch. And Instagram has uh, the similar concept too, where you can their reaction, and that's one simple way to help generate content where you don't have to do it all yourself.
0: Yeah, in fact, uh, you bring up a really interesting point because uh, for those that don't know, there's a gentleman named Kabi Lame. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but all he does is reaction videos, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, in, in a humorous way, but in his own way, and that's a really great uh, a great way to think about it. So yeah, I mean, TikTok does seem to represent this this culture of memes that people are replicating what others are doing, whether it's a
2: dance and audio or this sort of reaction type of video. So that makes it very unique. And by the way, Neil, I just, so if people on Instagram, that reaction option, it's called remix. So they don't call it a duet. That's TikTok, you know, language for that, but it's called a remix where you can do a side by side, or you can follow the original video.
0: Awesome. Thank you. I have actually, for those of you following me, if you go back in my Instagram profile, When someone posted that uh, I came out with the uh, Arabic version of my book, they talked in Arabic, but they had my book. And so I did a reaction video to that. So they're sort of fun to do, mix up the content. I'm curious though, Dr. Brian, when you create content, you know, you talked about creating content for different platforms and I totally agree that every platform is really unique and some blow up here, some blow up there. How do you, do you sort of have this content calendar? Are you inspired? Do you like every day go looking for things to post? What is your thought process? or what do you recommend people's thought process be in order, as you said, it requires some consistency. How do people
2: get that consistency in publishing content? You know, at the time I was literally obsessed with growing my platform. Like two years ago, I really was like every day posting. I was doing lives, TikTok lives to really maximize my, my impact. and um, And I did grow really quickly. You know, and then it got to a point when actually, I mean, and I talk about it in the book. There's a chapter called Confessions of an Influencer where it got out of hand. (laughs) And uh, my family sort of like had a bit of an intervention with me. Wow. And um, long story short, you know, I finally got over it. um, But I go into detail in the book. And that's the thing also is because, you know, people, you know, people listening, you want to grow your platform. But on the other hand, you can also, you can, succumb to the same things that are drawing other people to the platform and uh, become addicted, literally. I mean, social media addiction is a real thing. Uh, About 31% of adults admit to being addicted to some fashion to social media. So that was my experience, too. So being able to balance it and not, you know, get too hooked in and lose track of the important things in life, which are relationships with other people, friends and family. You know, your job, you know, being able to achieve what you want to achieve and and not start spending so much time um, on the platforms. But at least in the beginning, I was doing it every day uh, because I was really focused. And eventually, I mean, I'm really grateful I have, you know, 3.4 million. You know, I, I took the pressure off myself to be like, OK, I'm not going to focus like I was on growing my platform like I'm good, like I'm good. And with Instagram, I have over hundred thousand followers. And my mindset is like, okay, I'm good. So I'm just not posting as frequently as I used to, but, um, but you do want to be consistent in some fashion to help grow your platform.
0: Would you say though, that that intense focus at the beginning, because so many people don't spend enough time on the platform, they want to grow and publish content. And so would you also say that having a period of focus also helped you become successful?
2: I mean, yeah, um, and it had some collateral damage for a period of time with my relationships with my kids because um, I was ignoring them to a degree and and my wife as well. It strained that relationship because, I mean, we would be on family vacation. And again, I'm so focused on growing my platform, but also performing this public service, right? I feel obligated because of, you know, all the misinformation. So it was this double whammy that was sort of behind my obsession. Um, but that's why I grew so quickly and to such a large degree, but also like I'd be on vacation. I remember we were in Florida and, um, we're at a pool and like, here I am wearing my outfit. When I do my videos, my scrubs, my scrub and uh, scrub top and a hat and my mask around my neck. And like people are at the pool looking at me and I'm doing like a TikTok live poolside. And that just shows you how, overboard I went, you know, at that one period of time. But on the other hand, that's sort of what led me to grow like I did. But um, in retrospect, probably, you know, not worth that strain that I put for a period of time on.
0: Gotcha. That that leads to another interesting question. So you had mentioned that you interviewed a number of influencers for your book. Mm -hmm. And as we were planning for this interview, you talked about these pitfalls that even influencers experience and how to avoid them. I'm wondering, perhaps this might be one of those pitfalls, um, but what other advice can you give the listener of avoiding even the pitfalls that
2: influencers fall into? And almost all of them had similar experiences to some degree of strained relationships, um, neglecting something because they were just so consumed by the growth and wanting to grow more and more. And uh, they were open about it as well. So this is not just a user effect that people just are using can have that issue of going overboard but influencers too and uh so just i'd say one of the ways to avoid that is to you know let somebody know if it's a spouse or children um let the ask them say okay this is what i'm focused on i want to grow my platform but if you start to notice that i am doing things that I shouldn't be doing or not doing things that I should be doing because of my focus, like, please let me know. And I think those are some safeguards. You know, you can have some safety rails, right. That you can establish with help of other people, because at the time I had no idea. I had no idea um, that I had gone down that road so deep. And um, if I had some of those, you know, guardrails rails put up for myself with the help of other people, then I could have definitely avoided some of the things that happened.
0: In the same vein, would you recommend that we screen time ourselves like we screen time our kids, but we can use that on our own accounts and limit our
2: time on social media? I think it's a great idea. It's one of the things I talk about in the book is setting up you know, time limits uh, with the apps. You can do that on iPhones um, for various apps that just shut out um, and even require a password to open them up. Hmm. So, yeah, for sure. I think that that's a that's a great thing that we discuss, um, among other things, too. Also, parents, of course, you know, kids don't have the the brain development to self-regulate. I mean, I'm talking as a adult, right? I'm a I'm a doctor. I'm a Beverly Hills surgeon. And I had this issue and so many other influencers that I spoke to did as well who were adults. So imagine kids. Right. Like with the power of social media, with their brains not developed to even handle what adults can handle. So for parents, it becomes even more critical to be involved and in how to be involved to help your kids stay safe and not uh, go off that deep end, which they're the most likely and most vulnerable to be whole chapter called Living with Social Media that's actually giving, you know, adults and and parents and also teenagers, you know, that read the book, keep the benefits, but without the downsides.
0: Yeah, we've heard stories of Silicon Valley user interface researchers trying to find how to make these apps more addictive to human beings. So I guess we really can't avoid that social media addiction is real. We can't avoid it. The only thing we can do is put those guardrails on and try to limit it. Would would that be a, a true statement or?
2: hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, the apps are designed to be addictive because the more time you spend is the more value that they can monetize. And literally the, the, the scrolling process is the same as a slot machine. And it's interesting research. I was a psychobiology major in college. And I remember even back then reading about why slots and gambling is addictive. And the reason is it's because of the unpredictability of the payout. If it was predictable, like every third time, you know, you push the button or you roll the dice, you get paid, then you kind of know what to expect, but you don't know what to expect the unpredictability. And that's what makes people keep coming back and glued to the table or the slot, or in this case, the phone or the platforms, with social media. And they're scrolling. So
0: with with every swipe up on TikTok, you never know what next video is going to hit you, huh?
2: Yeah. And it could be a great one. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. I'm going to watch it five times. Which, by the way, is a little secret for what the uh, algorithms look for. People who are going to likely rewatch the video that helps launch a video viral. By the way, but uh, you could get that, or the next one could be a dud, and you like just scroll after three seconds to the next one. Awesome.
0: Well, Doctor Brown, you've you've shared a lot of great advice with us. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, to
2: mention to to the listener to help them with their social media? Just sum it up with this quote, that social media is like fire. It could be used for illumination or you could badly burn yourself.
0: Excellent way to
2: end the interview. So
0: once again, uh, the name of the book, go to Amazon, I'm sure it's sold wherever, fine books are sold, influenced influenced the impact of social media on our perception, Dr. Brian Boxer-Walkler. Dr. Brian, where can people outside of Amazon and Barnes & Noble and all those bookstores, where else can people go Obviously, uh, uh, is your TikTok account just Dr. D-R-B-R-I-A-N? or how do you spell your uh, your TikTok and Instagram usernames?
2: Yeah, um, so the Instagram is Doctor Boxer Walkler, B O X E R, and then W A C H L E R, and uh, TikTok is Brian Boxer Walkler, MD, and that's the same also on Amazon, and uh, you know, for people that like Audible, it's actually on Audible as well. To listen to books and um i read it actually in studio which was really fun
0: oh wow that's a, I've, I've recorded a book audio in a studio it's it took me a week i don't know about yourself but
2: yeah it was about four full days it was, it's intense but it's it's a great process and it feels really good when you're done it's like a marathon awesome
0: any a uh, website that we can send people to outside of tiktok and instagram
2: yeah so my main website is my last name boxerwalkler.com and then if anybody listening has wanted to learn about treatments um, that we do for that non-invasive treatments as well it's it's a dot com. and if
0: you have, i want to hear from you if you have keratoconus as well because there aren't that many of us out there and as my uh, first optometrist said uh if i had to take away everybody's contact lenses and then put people in line in priority of who actually needs them medically you'd be first in line so
2: yeah <laughs> Yeah. And there's great treatments. I mean, we didn't really talk about it. It wasn't the emphasis, but, you know, I was able fortunately to pioneer non-invasive cross-linking to stop somebody's keratoconus from getting worse and not need a cornea transplant and intact for keratoconus. So yeah, that's my other hat that I wear. Um, and I've been really grateful that I've been able to help, you know, people with that condition too.
0: Awesome. So there you go. Uh, a, a tremendous resource, Dr. Brian, thank you so much for being on the podcast and uh, everyone make sure you go out, read the book and reach out to uh, to the doctor. Thank you so much. Thanks, Neil. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Really, really fascinating. And hopefully it gives you all the feeling and the confidence that you too can master short form video. You need to have your own angle or as my friend Joe Pulitz would call your own tilt as Dr. Brian, as he's sometimes referred to, mentions, his thing was all cap, no cap, which was quite brilliant wearing the doctor's uniform. So there are thematic ways of, you know, going after short-form video or there are non-thematic ways. So there's no one size fits all approach. You got to find what's best for you and for your brand. But I hope this interview really helped give you the confidence to start out the year right. Once again, make sure you subscribe so that you hear my next episode of my takeaways from last year and recommendations for this year, 2023. And I also want to remind you, if you're still listening to this, that I am launching more and more digital courses. My first courses are cohort-based courses. The first one is actually on Influencer Marketing Strategy, and it begins next Monday, January 9th. I know that's not a lot of time. If you go to neilshafer.com slash maven2, that's M-A-V-E-N. Mary, A-V-E-E-N, The number two, we'll put it in the show notes as well. You can sign up and join me for two weeks where I'm going to help you learn everything you need to know about influencer marketing and create your own custom influencer marketing strategy for your company or organization. So hope you'll join me. More cohort-based as well as evergreen courses, which you can take at your own time, coming this year, I promise. I have renewed energy and dedication and focus so, well, put on your seatbelts. It's going to be a great year ahead. I hope it's going to be, or I hope you feel as optimistic about 2023 as I do. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. This is your digital marketing coach, Neil Schaefer, signing off.
1: You've been listening to your digital marketing coach. Questions, comments, requests